Welcome to The Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, back with another segment in our series of conversations with IMEG's market leaders and directors. And joining me again is Steve Rhodes, IMEG's Vice President of Market Development and Federal Solutions. Steve, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. It's great to be back. Today's guest is Jack Cusick. Jack is IMEG's market leader for water and wastewater. And uh, Jack, to get us started, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your background. I uh, graduated from Bradley University in 1979. Uh, I've been in, in the consulting business ever since then. Uh, started with a, uh, a small uh, consulting firm in, in Ottawa, Illinois. Got a lot of background in, in uh, municipal consulting, small communities for the most part. So I got, got quite a bit of experience there in uh, different forms of public works, primarily. I've spent eight years there and then uh, went to manage a, a, another small consulting firm in Rockford, Illinois, and then uh, uh, went to work for IMEG, and I've been here ever since. Can you, uh, can you talk a little bit about your role as the water and wastewater market leader? Water and wastewater within IMEG has, is kind of a new area, so I'm, I'm very much involved in helping the individual offices to grow that segment of water wastewater throughout the country and in different areas. Distribution, collection, treatment, pump stations, storage, uh, source water development. We're uh, uh, a tight-knit group, you know, and uh, we're going to be joined by the stormwater people, and they're going to be merging with our group. We all deal with water, so we're going to be one, one happy family. Can you talk a little bit about how you use the collective subject matter expertise uh, within the market to work with local teams in their relationships that they may have? Virtually every project that we do here at, at IMEG uh, has, has some form of water or wastewater or treatment or supply. Water is involved in kind of the basic project scope somewhere. So, um, and there, there are many, many challenges in, in municipalities today uh, from, um, well, in, the, in the West, for example, uh, there's, a, there's a need for where are we going to find our next uh, drop of water. Um, in, in the Midwest and actually all over the country, uh, the systems that were in existence are growing old. Replacing those is, is a challenge. And today, there's, there's a shortage of operators. And that's, that's a significant problem, especially when you have situations like uh, treatment of PFAS or treatment of, of pharmaceuticals, which we really haven't seen a lot yet, but we will. Being able to, to talk together, we can find solutions that, that work maybe in the East Coast that, that the West hasn't heard of or vice versa. And we can share those, those kinds of, of uh, solutions with one another and Collectively, we can work together to, to help our communities out. You mentioned PFAS. I don't know if I pronounced that correct, but um, could you just briefly explain for the listeners? Basically, it's it's a molecular compound that is used like in raincoats or umbrellas to repel water. Uh, it's very useful, but it's very, very difficult and very expensive to eliminate. Uh, we can eliminate 
it from supply water, potable water, but it doesn't go away. It winds up in wastewater and then eventually it will wind up back in, in our in our supply water. New regulations are calling for very, very small amounts of constituent that need to be removed in parts per trillion. Uh, that's that's pretty small stuff, but EPA is concerned that, that even at those levels that they can be hazardous to our health. So getting rid of them is, is going to be a challenge. Absolutely. You know, one of the other uh, items that I've heard a lot about is, is the whole situation of lead pipes. Yeah, lead... Lead is not a good thing when it comes to human body. So yes, lead service pipes. Uh, the Midwest has got uh, a tremendous amount, especially the city of Chicago, has got a tremendous amount of, of lead service pipes. 10, 15 years ago, phosphates were used to kind of coat the, the lead, cover it up basically. That's, that's no longer acceptable and EPA wants the lead service pipes gone completely. So that, that, uh, that cost is is also uh, a huge huge number, and uh, there are grants available. Uh, we're working on several of them now, but by the time the grant amounts come, and this is kind of typical with most grants these days, by the time the grants uh, actually materialize, the cost estimates are so old that it only covers a portion of the the cost, and the rest of the cost is dumped on the municipality. Uh, and most of them that have lead pipes can't afford those kinds of costs. So therein lies another bit of a problem. Speaking of small communities, I know one of the things I've heard you talk a, about a little bit is unsewered communities. Yes, uh, it, it's amazing how many small communities still are on septics or or something less. In many cases, they have a, a, a system that doesn't work at all or is non-existent. Uh, and, and they're actually dumping raw sewage into uh, roadside ditches and, and uh, streams. And uh, EPA has a, a program for unsewered communities um, that will provide for up to $5 million in in um, funding to put new sewers and new treatment into unsewered communities. Jack, um, I wanted to ask you about a project you mentioned, um, I think, in a, in a blog that you wrote on our website a while back. Uh, the Frenchman's Reef project back in 2017, uh, that, that seemed to be a very important project in your career. That's, that's uh, kind of a favorite of mine. Probably one of the first projects that I was involved with when I, when I joined with uh, IMAG. I got a call from uh, one of our senior engineers and, and asked me about uh, a project if I'd be interested. And, and I said, well, what's the project and where, where is it? He said, well, I'm, I'm mechanical. I don't know anything about this, but you'll figure it out. He said, well, where is it? I, he said, uh, St. Thomas. So it's in the Virgin Islands. That area was hit by two Category 5 hurricanes within about 14, 15 days of, of each other, which pretty much decimated the uh, um, hospitality services of, of that area, particularly that island. Frenchman's Reef is a 600-room uh, resort complex and uh, pretty much shut them down overnight. And so we're basically rebuilding the, the infrastructure, rebuilding the, the structures themselves. And uh, as of May 3rd, 
five of the villas on the uh, one portion of the complex were opened, but the rest of it's still still under construction. So at six lift stations, uh, desalinization plant to provide uh, clean water from the ocean, turbine plant to provide power for their complex, wastewater facility, which was destroyed, is completely rebuilt now. Uh, so it's it's uh, been quite a project, quite an interesting project. Sounds like a great opportunity to affect change and uh, update things for them too. So that's that's great. You know, my first trip down there, uh, we called for a, a cab that that evening, the first night we were there, and the the guy that came, um, I I thought he was going to break down and cry on me uh, when he when he pulled up to the site. He said, "I worked here for forty years." And I, I used to bring people to and from, and I'd walk walk them back to their their rooms down this path. And and now, overnight, I'm I'm out of a job, and and that this was my my livelihood. And it just it was really sad to see that, but to be able to help and bring bring that because they they depend on tourism for pretty much everything down there, and when that's not supported, then their livelihood is is destroyed. So it, it's it's been humbling and a, a great privilege to be able to help bring that back to the to the area. Jack, um, what about the aspect of security at municipal facilities? Uh, is that something that we've also started to uh, really address as well? Isn't I know that's not your area of expertise, but it's it's something else that we that we've been providing or have started to right. Yes, um, security is becoming a big issue and. And water and wastewater is is one area, especially water, is one area that that um, um, can so easily be interrupted. Uh, if you look at what happened in the Ukraine not too long ago, when when the dam was breached, huge huge problems with uh, public health and safety. In in our water plants, we we do have currently a, and have been uh, addressing safety issues, being able to uh, control access to their their controls um, access to their buildings making sure that their their people are are trained and and um, certified um, and they keep the doors locked uh, but yeah security is becoming a huge huge issue and really the large communities are probably not as vulnerable they typically have better security uh, they have more money to to put toward security and so we need to be really concerned about the small communities and and do more training in in uh, securing those those buildings. Jack, I'm gonna go back to your uh, discussion about operators and age, aging operators and not enough new people coming into the business. You know, we see that in, across the trades in many ways and at various types of buildings. You know, building operations. Have you seen any trends of outsourcing? Um, like companies that might be a third-party operator of a municipality's water or wastewater system and um, aggregating that in, in servicing multiple communities in that way. Um, yes, the, the, there, there are companies that are servicing several communities uh, with their, their water, wastewater. The problem with that is they can't be in one place very long isn't the best solution, but it, it, it is it is a kind of a trend. Small communities to uh, afford an operator full-time 
can be very expensive. So they may have a, a certified operator that comes by once a week or so and, and just monitors. So that is that is something that's kind of helping a little bit. Another another aspect that communities, and we're working on one right now, and we, we keep promoting this, communities join together. Uh, they may join their systems. We've got uh, two communities that are three miles apart that, that have uh, had their own systems before. One community lost their well. Um, so the other communities were hauling water for several months to the community until they got a new well drilled. But then EPA said, well, because uh, of this situation, you need to have a second source of water. Not only it's in the regs anyway, but it, it came to the forefront. We were able to get them funding. So we're building a, a water main between the two communities, which now not only provides water, if, uh, if either community is out, uh, water can be shared one way or the other, but it also opens up for, for development uh, at three mile stretch in between the two communities. So that, that kind of concept is being touted in several areas, combining systems. Now we can have one operator to serve the whole area. As we wrap this up, uh, Jack, what gives you hope and, and motivates you as you continue in your career amidst all of these challenges? Seeing the guy from St. Thomas, that taxi driver, and how, how passionate he was about his job and the fact that we're, we were there to help bring that back. And that not only there, but uh, in small communities where um, now they have clean water to drink that they never had before cleaner water. Uh, they, they have uh, wastewater plants that, that aren't polluting the, uh, the streams. Just seeing those improvements and seeing how it benefits and how thankful the people are that once, once these systems get, in, get put into place, that's, that's motivation enough, I think, for me. That was Jack Cusick, IMEG's market leader for water and wastewater. For additional episodes of The Future Built Smarter, you can listen to us on any podcast app or visit our website, imegcorp.com, and go to our Insights tab. We'll be back soon with another episode in this series on market leaders. Until then, thanks for listening and take care. <laughs>